Hi everyone! Welcome back to Tar Feels. Today is very exciting. So we have our first guest, Kendall. If you want to introduce yourself. Hi everyone. I'm Kendall. Woohoo! We're so excited to have her here. I'm a senior at UNC Chapel Hill, majoring in business, minoring in sustainability studies, and I'm from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Should we give a little intro into how we know Kendall? Yeah. And stuff like that, and then sure. go into Rosebud Thorn. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I met Kendall. In, we did SLI together, mm-hmm. which is like a pre-class starting program. Like, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, it stands for Service Learning Initiative. It was like a community service program that we did before freshman year of college yeah, started. Yeah, so we came like three days early before everyone else moved in and did like, yeah, community service and like reflection and stuff like that. And then we reconnected during Rush mm-hmm. because we had a really similar schedule one of the days. And then we were both looking for... Um, new roommates for sophomore year and so I saw I think I saw that you were looking and I reached back out to you and we reconnected yes and then we decided to live together sophomore year and yeah we've been friends ever since and then Jordan introduced me to all her friends yeah I was living with the next year Mm -hmm. yeah Hannah and Sarah and Danielle Danielle. well Danielle didn't live with us but she was an honorary yes member cute I just know Kendall through Jordan and we just well we met before we just found out, well, I just, we just remembered that I approached Kendall at a party um, in like a fangirl moment and was like, hey, I, I recognize you from a style switch page on Facebook. <laughs> but we didn't actually have like a normal conversation until this year, probably. But Should we get into um, Rosebud Thorn check-in? Yes, let's do it. Um, Kendall, do you want to go first sure. and share your rose for the day? Um, so my rose, we just talked about this on the <laughs> On the way to um, Ava's house, I saw what we just discovered is we just learned is a muskrat mm-hmm. on the side of the road, and that was just really interesting mm-hmm. experience. Those are rose. I don't know. That one scared me. I think it was <laughs> cool. Rose. It's very enlightening. Didn't you say they eat your trash? Yeah, but it's the discovery of a new animal. Okay, okay, that's true. A I thought it was cool. I'd never seen one before. All right, I respect that. Jordan's doubting my rose. I think it's a good rose. It's your rose, Jordan. <laughs> okay, I have one from yesterday. Um, yesterday was Valentine's Day, which is very exciting. But anyway, so I didn't really have anything planned. But I came back from my class, and Hannah had brought me a Valentine's Day donut from Aww. Dunkin' Donuts. She just texted me while I was in class. She was like, I left something in your room. And then she brought me a donut. That's so so that wasn't from today, but it was cute. Yeah, that's really cute. I think my rose is that my pajama set came in today that I saw Jordan wearing over the weekend and I ordered five minutes later. I saw Jordan wearing the cutest pajama set. She was like, oh, I got this from Target and I ordered it Well, the thing is, I really got it from, well, I got the idea from Kendall. You inspired me to get them from Target. I love the Target pajamas. I haven't even tried it on yet. I have like five pairs. I should have also said... (laughs) <laughs> see i should really think of my roses but we had such a good weekend in the mountains oh, for your true. birthday that was such a rose yeah that's an i feel like that could be our little that's another collaborative rose that was really fun we went um to i got where is it technically um, on lake, lake james. james it's a nebo yeah it's jordan's roommate and good friend hannah her parents have a house there so we went there for my birthday she was really nice and let like all of our friends come stay for the weekend and it was just really like relaxing we played pickleball which was the highlight for me and there was also a hot tub which was always it's always a good time mm-hmm. maybe i can insert right now a little podcast clip that we did we the laid outside in a hammock 
Um, and we recorded like a little podcast clip at like 1 a.m. This is I'm so cold. This is Tarfields on the go. <laughs> Where are we podcasting from, Jordan? We Never. are podcasting <laughs> from Lake James, North Carolina. <laughs> We're in a hammock. Yeah. We're comfy cozy. We're in a triple cuddle set. This is Isabel. Isabel. Isabel, say hi. Uh, hi, podcasters. It's me, <laughs> no. Isabel. Where are, where are the podcasters? They're the podcasters. We should have names for our fans. They're oh the they're the tar feelers. <laughs> 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 what the tar feelers? They're feel, they're feel. How are you feeling today? They're feeling. How are you feeling, tar feelers? How are you feeling, <laughs> tar fellas? <laughs> we can see the Big Dipper, the beautiful stars. You see the moon. I literally think this is peak happiness. It is. Whoever said money can't buy you happiness didn't have a big comfy hammock. You guys, Ellen's Ooh, coming over. Ellen, what do you have to say to the Tarfellas? Uh, <laughs> y'all are probably really cute if you're listening to Jordan and Ava's podcast because they're really cute. That's so true. Ellen, stop it. That's so true. Oh, my sweet. God. Okay. Should we sign off? Yeah. Goodbye, goodbye fellas. Goodbye, Wait, Tarfellas. We need to wear rose. My rose is this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my rose is this. My thorn I don't have one. We bought the dethorned roses. <laughs> we did. We bought the dethorned roses. We bought the, the roses that have not a single thorn. We were trying Stupid. to brainstorm <laughs> names for our, our audience. Yeah. So. What would you come up with for that? Okay, your audience? Yeah, like if we had a fan name. It was like the feelers. With <laughs> That's what I said. I, I said, said the tar <laughs> feelers or the tar fellas. What's your thorn for the day, Kendall? Um, my thorn is that I have to do homework later that I've been putting off a bit. Is it always the thorn? Yeah, it's for a presentation tomorrow. (laughs) My thorn is similar. I have an essay that's due. Technically, it was due this morning at 9.30 a.m., but I literally overslept, and I was supposed to get up at 5 to finish it because I had such a busy day, like, yesterday, and then this weekend was really busy, too. But luckily, my professor... um, it's gonna give me an extension, I think. So he'll let me like finish it today. What's your um, thorn? I'd say my thorn is I realized that I have two midterms and a presentation next week. Mm. Really crept up on me. Midterm season, I guess. Whatever, such is life. It's a busy time in the semester, I feel like. Mm-hmm. On to more exciting things. What's your bud? What are you looking forward to? Oh, my bud is that tomorrow we're going to the basketball game. That was my bud. But yeah, that'll be exciting. It's the pit game. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be good. I don't know. I hope it's good. The last game was disappointing. So, or well, the last game we went to at least mm-hmm. it's the Duke game. Yeah, and that one was really uh, sad. Morale yeah. has been low for me since then. I just am like, I know. We need mm-hmm. to get it back up. Yeah, for sure. My butt is that I have the pledge retreat this Friday um, with the new pledge class. So we like we're struggling to book a house because we have fifty pledges and like six pledge educators and then there's me and so it's it was really hard to find a space that could accommodate like that many people and that we could like fit within our budget for APO and it was just like a really stressful process but we finally found a house booked it successfully and now we're like planning all of the stuff for it and it's on Friday and it's gonna be really fun because I don't know any of the pledges that well yet so 
I'm excited to like actually have a chance to like talk to them and get to know them. I think it'll be a good time, hopefully less stressful than last year. I guess we can jump into just like talking about Kendall and the reasons that we have her on today. Yeah, we want to have you on because I feel like, I don't know, making the list of topics to talk to you about was pretty extensive because I feel like you have a lot of interesting little things to give your insight on. This is in no particular order, but you already mentioned that you're studying business with a minor in sustainability. And we kind of wanted to talk to you last week or two weeks ago. We talked about how we're both in the J school and like our whole process with that. And so we kind of wanted to talk to you about the B school and like what made you decide on that. And also what's like, if you could give insight to what the process is like applying and all of that. Yeah. So I came into UNC as an econ major just because I liked like econ in high school. And I wasn't exactly sure though, if that was what I wanted to stick with. And then, um, but you kind of have to decide sooner rather than later if you want to do business because you apply as a sophomore but then it's like you need prereqs for that application Mm -hmm. so then I think like towards the end of my first semester of freshman year when um right before registration was going to start I was like a little more open to the idea of possibly doing business and then so I looked into the prereqs like made sure that I was taking what I needed the next semester just so I'd have that option of applying if I did decide to do that um, cause you need, you need to take like the financial accounting class, stats, intro to econ, that kind of thing. And then, um, and then your sophomore year first semester is when you apply to the B school. And so you have to do a video interview that's like recorded. So they'll like flash the prompt on the screen and then you have to mm-hmm. respond in a certain amount of time. And then you also have to submit a few essays and then, and oh, and you have to format your resume according to their template. Um, so that's what it looks like. And I mean, looking back, it like doesn't sound that difficult of a process, but I remember like in the moment, it just feels like a lot of things that you have to be on top of. And I remember, Jordan, I don't know if you remember this, I was doing it on my birthday. Um, I don't remember that specifically, but I remember while you were, when you were doing it, it was like a big deal and it was, I mean, I know it's competitive to get in and so it was really like important. Yeah. I didn't remember that you were doing it on your actual birthday. It was on my birthday and it was also in the middle of the sorority rush weekend. And so it was like the one day that we had off and this was like the only day. The last chance that that I was going to have to work on it. So it's a little bit stressful doing everything. And then, yeah, you find out a few weeks later if you get in. Um, So I did. And all worked out. So what is the business school like, like, once you're in in it? Like, like, does everyone kind of take the same classes? And, like, I don't know. What what does it look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there are a number of core classes that you have to take. And and so those are, um, like, marketing, operations, financial accounting, corporate finance like business analytics a few more like that and then um and then you can organize your electives based on your interests and then this is kind of a segue into our next topic but how did you like one find out about sustainability studies and like decide to do that oh okay so I first got interested in it because I was in Carolina Thrift so this ties back to that so Carolina Thrift is a student-run organization at UNC that hosts an annual thrift sale of used items um and we collect donations in the spring when people are moving out and then store them over the summer and then back in the and then when we come back in the fall that is when we host our thrift sale or yeah um and so I think that kind of like opened my eyes about sustainability um because I was just seeing all the waste when people moved out Mm -hmm. and like trying to salvage stuff that we could sell so that got me interested in it and then I just saw that a lot of the business classes overlapped with sustainability like the electives so after taking some of those that had interest me interested me 
then I looked into it, realized there was a minor and that um, the business electives that I took about sustainability could, could count for that. And then I also, I think I had taken an environmental studies class just for gen ed and that could count towards that too. So I was already moving towards this track, track of the minor. Um, and then I could just take more classes that interested me. How has that been? Like, is it a large minor? Like what kind of, I know you said that like some business classes and the environmental science classes counted for it, but are there any specific like, I don't know if there's like a sustainability department even or yeah, it's, what those classes it's look within like. within the environmental studies okay, cool. department. So I think there's different tracks. You can be on the, like if you're doing the major, you can be on the sustainability track or you can be on just, I think it's just the environmental studies or environmental sciences. Um, but yeah, the minor is just sustainability studies. I didn't even know that there was a major in I it, didn't like either. sustainability major. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow, I really should have looked more at different majors. I think about that all the time. I'm like, what was I doing? Like, <laughs> Last time when we were talking about our majors, I was kind of like, yeah, I took a class and then I was just like, okay, I'll major. <laughs> okay, so Ava kind of touched on this earlier, but she talked about how she saw you in the Facebook group for Style Switch, which you started. I do remember when you started that because obviously we were living together and you were like, look at this Facebook page I just started or whatever. But could you talk about kind of what that is and like what inspired you to start that? Mm -hmm. So I think the summer, I started Style Switch sophomore year. And I think that summer before I was in New York City, living there, interning there. And I think I got a lot more into fashion, just like being in that environment. And then, um, but what really inspired me to create Style Switch is that I feel like this is true at a lot of college campuses too. But like there's so much overlap in people's like college women's closet and you're going to the same events with the same themes and like you need the same costumes you're going to cocktails and formals so you need dresses Um, and just realizing that there wasn't a way um, to share clothes that made it easy and then and that a lot of people just had to go out and buy new clothes which is wasteful Mm -hmm. um, and not sustainable so I just wanted to create something that could let people share clothes with each other more easily and style switch lets you buy or rent or borrow clothes from people and you can just post on this Facebook group if you're looking for a certain item or if you have one you want to rent out to other people um, and then you can also get some money and it's more affordable for everyone. I remember thinking it was such a good idea especially mm-hmm. I think you watched it September or yeah I think it was sometime around October there. it was like during fall break. before um, Halloween and mm-hmm. I feel like I people remember, used yeah. it so much for Halloween because it's like you need such a small little accessory or like whatever and you don't necessarily want to go buy you know whatever the specific thing is for one costume and yeah like you were saying odds are that someone else has already worn it or like has it and so I feel like it was used a lot for that um I feel like it's sad because we couldn't really like we there weren't a lot of events during COVID and stuff and so um people couldn't use it as much but I feel like it was still such a good idea I remember it kind of like blew up and a lot of people were using it around Halloween and, like, I didn't even know at first that you had made it. I just had, like, seen it and joined it because there were so many people using it. And I think I used it that year for, like, something for Halloween. So mm-hmm. definitely is a really cool page, a really good idea. So how do you shop sustainably for yourself? And, like, what are some tips that you have for people that are looking to start shopping more sustainably? So I think my first tip is just to consider what you're buying and how much you're going to wear that piece. Also, like, how durable is it? How long is it going to last? Um, so I think a lot of my closet is like basics like right now I'm just wearing this white t-shirt like jeans like it's kind of um, pieces that are versatile that I can pair with other things so I think just thinking about that is about what you're consuming um, is one way to shop sustainably just having that mindset and then another way is to just shop secondhand which has been very popular with like 
thrift shopping um, and even I like to use like Poshmark or Depop um, and shop secondhand that way. And then I think just learning about the companies that you are shopping at and like seeing their impact on the environment, their social impact, that kind of thing. Um, and just being an aware consumer can like help you when you're making your next purchase and just thinking about like a lot of my sustainability classes we talk about the life cycle of products mm -hmm. so like everything from like where are they acquiring or like getting the raw materials and then like at the very end like how are you disposing of it and everything um in between and all the environmental and social impacts at each stage so i think just being aware of that and like realizing how many resources go into one piece of clothing um just makes you think differently when you're buying something new I remember in high school, one of my friend's mom, she had like a lot of like really nice pieces in her closet. And um, I remember she would always talk about when she was buying something like cost per wear, mm -hmm. because you could buy like a really cheap shirt and it's obviously cheaper than, you know, something that's made for like a from a really sustainable brand that's very similar. But how long is that really going to last you if it's from like Forever 21 or made out of like really cheap materials? Mm -hmm. um, so I always like think about that now too. I've heard the term like capsule wardrobe. I think that's like technically what it's called mm -hmm. when you like yeah. invest in pieces that you know you're going to wear like over and over and over again. And I feel like that's definitely something I've tried to do more as I get older is just buy like spend more money on brands that I know better and I know like kind of what that process looks like, like you were talking about, but also that I know are just it's going to last me so long. Um, but then I also think I'm I've always been the type of person though I just like buy the same thing over and over like I have one pair of jeans and I have the same pair of jeans <laughs> in like three of them because yeah. I just really like them and I'm like why not just buy so many of them but I think I'm like I try to be intentional about that kind of stuff but it's mm -hmm. definitely hard there are like certain companies where I feel like it's hard to to know or like research exactly what their yeah. practices look like. They're obviously ones that are so overtly obvious. Like people talk a lot about like Forever 21 or like Shein and like sites like that where it's like, you know, proven that they've used like child labor and obviously don't have like ethical sourcing practices or anything like that. But for more like run of the mill brands, like ones I probably shop at more often, I really don't know if that information is like accessible. If you don't know the answer to this, we can cut this. Part oh no, out. you're but good. I was like, Keep going. For brands that are like Aritzia or Madewell, like ones that I I feel like are popular, but don't get as much publicity around like what their sourcing practices look like or like their ethical whatever. Like, how do you go into like researching that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it's definitely hard because there is so much information out there, and you don't even know like what if about it is exactly true um because some of these fashion companies that like historically have been known more as fast fashion then they publish publish these um sustainability reports and it's like oh look at everything good we're doing and it's like mm -hmm. but how are you like is that real i mean i don't think they're lying but like it just seems a little like they're like kind of greenwashing yeah. maybe um and also i think like overall if these companies are like having all these micro seasons where like all these trends throughout the year and stuff and they're just contributing to consumption overall then it's like how sustainable are you if you're still encouraging people to keep buying and buying so I don't know it's, it's very difficult to like see the true impact of all these companies so I think just like trying to consider what you're buying like you said like be intentional and that might just be like the best you can do in some cases yeah it's kind of like there's no like there's no way that you can consume ethically yeah mm -hmm. um 100 or even like 90 percent yeah um and so yeah i think it's just 
don't know, you kind of do the best that you can and that's a lot more than a lot of people are doing. So it's also interesting too, you like talked about this a little bit, but we've I've done I did like an advertising project on this last year, but there's definitely like an intersection between like trying to promote your brand and advertise it in a way that looks good. Um like in terms of sustainability and then also within like the advertising realm because mm-hmm. we I did a project like a case study on um, it was reformation and they're like known for being sustainable that's like their whole thing but then there were a lot of like parts of their like sustainability report that d- just like didn't add up and they were using it they use it as like an advertising tactic so I think it's interesting too to think about how like brands kind of know that we're moving in the direction of trying to be more intentional with what we're buying like as consumers I think people are a lot more aware now than they used to be, but then they kind of like will take it and manipulate it and use it as an advertising tactic, which is really messed up, but definitely something that I know I've seen a lot in like case studies that I've looked at. So it's good that there are people like you that are working to like fix that and also just like talk about it and create awareness and like implement that in your own life. So I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Do you have any top like stores that you would recommend shopping at if you're trying to one get more like basic pieces that are long lasting or that are like more ethically sustainable yeah so i know everlane that's a good company that is more sustainable i don't have a ton of pieces from there i feel like for me sometimes the priority is how much it costs Mm -hmm. and like in you know yeah all college students like that is kind of what people think of first but i think that's why i just do what i can like shopping secondhand or something and then it's like even if you are buying from a fast fashion brand but it is secondhand then you can like feel a little better mm-hmm. about it yeah i've been looking on um thread up lately i don't order a ton of stuff from there because it is pretty tedious to look through um if people don't know it's like an online thrift store basically and it's huge they have so many pieces that you can search from like the brands or whatever it is but um it is pretty hard unless you're looking for like a very specific item like if you know that you want like some new like tops or a dress for an event or something like that but I don't know I found it's useful for yeah looking for those specific items I do think sometimes like shopping secondhand can't be very tedious I'm not the type of person when it comes to like thrifting either I would never consider myself like good at it like when I go with Isabel who's my roommate for reference she always finds like the best pieces like we will kind of like go together but then we'll do our own thing once we're inside like Goodwill or wherever we go And then when we kind of meet up to, like, try things on and, like, just show each other what we found, I'm always like, where did you find this stuff? Like, all I saw was a bunch of ugly things, but it's just because there's so many racks and, like, you really have to sift through to find, like, good stuff. And I just don't think I have the patience for that. So that's, like, one thing that's definitely tricky for me and, like, something I know I need to work on. But I also could see myself, if I went on ThreadUp, if it's, like, the thing where you have to kind of peruse for a long time to find, like, one good item, sometimes I just don't. I don't want to put the time into that. And I definitely, mm-hmm. um, that's something I should probably work on. I do like being able to just open up a website and like scroll through and see like most things I would want to buy as opposed to most things I would not want to buy, if that makes sense. So I guess we can segue into, I know you like touched on this earlier about living in New York for a summer and um, like having an internship. So I guess it would be interesting if you could talk a little bit about like where you've interned in the past and how it like led you to New York. Yeah, so um, my first internship was in New York the summer after freshman year of college. And I interned for an art consulting company. 
and then also a health and wellness influencer. Um, so that was interesting to just like be able to experience New York and then also be doing these internships. But then the next summer, that was like the COVID summer. And mm -hmm. so for that summer, I was interning with a company that was based in New York, an asset manager, um, but it was virtual. But then this past summer, I interned with that same company again, um, that the asset manager, and I was able to be in person and go into the office, like meet the other interns and, and some of the employees. And so for that internship, I was doing content strategy, which is within the marketing department. Um, and that was just interesting for me to like experience the difference in marketing um, within the financial services industry because I had done marketing in my past internships, but just different industries. Um, and then, yeah, I'll be moving to New York and joining that company full-time, so I'm excited for that. What is your full-time, is it still like content? Yeah, like content that? strategy Shocking. analyst. Oh my god, excited. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. How big is the company? Is it like pretty big or kind of like smaller? It's like a few hundred people, but then we have different offices. So it like feels corporate, but it's not actually as huge as these other asset managers. So obviously like moving to New York by yourself at any point in your life is like a huge step. So what was that like doing that like just the summer after your freshman year? Because that's definitely early to be moving somewhere for an internship. I feel like a lot of people don't do that until like the summer after their junior year. Mm -hmm. So what was that like moving there for that summer? And then obviously you liked it because you kept going back. So yes. um, what was that experience like? So I had actually lived in New York um, the summer in high school, the summer before my senior year of high school. And so I was doing like this art program at the School of Visual Arts. And I think that was like a good intro into New York City because my mom was staying in the city at the same time. So I kind of like could have her to like, we'd go explore together and whatever. But like, I wasn't completely on my own, but I still got the feel of New York and like could see what I liked about it. And then I also, so my both my parents are from New York. And then the summer after freshman year of college, my brother was living there. So it was like good to be able to have him there. Um, and I just like, I grew up going to New York a lot and visiting. And so I feel like I just always knew that I wanted to go back there. And it like hasn't been as scary for me because I've visited so often um, as I feel like to other people, it's like mm -hmm. a little overwhelming. When you went the summer after freshman year, you stayed in the NYU dorms, right? And then when you went after junior year, you like got your own apartment and everything? Yes. So yeah, I lived in the NYU dorms, which was really great because they're just like a great location. Um, I was right by Washington Square Park. So I love that. And then um, this past summer, I did a short-term rental. And so that you kind of have to like dig to find that. I think the way I found that is my mom was just like calling up buildings that like she knew of or something. And then like there are a lot of listings that don't ever get posted online. So then like just kind of um, reaching out directly is how we found that apartment. And that worked out really well. I'll say I visited Kendall over the summer in her apartment. It was a studio apartment. It was really nice and very cute. And I don't know, I was surprised by, like, yes, it was a studio, but I thought it was, like, a pretty good size for New York. Yeah, and that was in Murray Hill. But yeah, Ava and I are going to live together in New York when we both mm. move there after graduation. Um, so I was going to say that, like, our apartment is not going to not gonna be that gracious in size, but it'll be good. Do you all have any idea of, like, what part you want to live in yet? I feel like I'm pretty open-minded to, like, just like different living in different parts of New York. I've obviously only been there to like visit. I've been there like a good number of times. I went a couple times in high school just for like fun trips and then again in college. And Isabel has um, like a couple close friends that live there. So we would like go and visit like throughout college and stuff. So 
feel like I've been there as a tourist quite a few number of times, but obviously I've never lived there. So I don't really know what like the different areas are even like to live in. So I feel like I'm really going to lean into Kendall's opinions on that kind of stuff just because she will be a lot better informed when it comes to like what it's like to actually live there as opposed to just visiting. But Kendall liked Murray Hill, so yeah. I think we're going to look there. And then, I don't know, I feel like we're both pretty open-minded to like different areas, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Murray Hill's very post-grad, mm-hmm. which I think some people don't like, but I don't know. I like it. And then, yeah, we didn't really want to like cross anywhere off because depending on just what we find, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're both like going to be open if it's the right, if it checks all the other boxes. So on the topic of New York, I know over the summer... Also, a lot on your TikTok, you chronicled some of your New York experiences, specifically some New York dating stories. So I don't know if you have any specific stories that are kind of on the top of your head or that are memorable to share, but I thought that'd be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went on a lot of first dates when I lived in New York. That was fun. All from dating apps. So I was frequently, you know, What swiping. dating apps did you find were like the most successful in New York? Okay. Hinge was probably my number one bumble i used a few times and then tinder just like the vibe in new york is just like no like Mm -hmm. i didn't like it for new york i feel like chapel hill i'll use it but like didn't really like it in new york so yeah it was a fun dating summer um i'll tell the story the roach story (laughs) the roach guy story went on a date with this guy it's like good conversation all that whatever we go back to his apartment and it was in the east village so just to set the scene, like right outside, it's like you kind of have to, like walk down a few steps to like go into his apartment. And then also like there's piles of like trash bags, like right outside the door, like where you're going to enter. Um, so that was kind of strange. And I think he did admit he's like, oh, this kind of like looks serial killer ish, oh, no. but like he seemed nice. Also, like, yeah, the story's not even about him. This is more about the apartment. Um, so we go into the apartment. And right away, I was just like, oh, can I use your bathroom? And it was filthy. It was so gross. And then, like, literally as I'm peeing, I just, like, look to the side on the shower curtain. There's this huge cockroach. Like, very big. Which, like, in New York, sometimes, like, you can't help that, you know? Like, that does happen. But the bathroom just had not been cleaned in a while. So that also made it gross. Did Um, he live alone? Yeah, he lived alone. Oh, because I was about to say, if he had roommates, maybe you could be like, well, maybe it's his roommate's fault. no. Absolutely not. Well, if he lives alone, then obviously That's a not. lot more gracious than I would be. I would be like, I don't care if you have roommates. Like, nothing about this is okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, like, ran out of the bathroom. Um, and then within the same five minutes of me entering this guy's apartment, then there was – he lived in the studio. So then there was another cockroach right by his bed. And there, these were huge. Like, we're not talking about some small cockroaches. Oh, no. um, what did he – did he – He killed them, them. yeah. Oh. But like, Did you come out of the bathroom and you were like, there's a fucking cockroach yes, in the bathroom? Yes, I probably said those words. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, go kill that. I think I like, I like ran out of the bathroom, like was washing my hands in his sink. I was like, I need out of that bathroom. Like, it was so gross. Yeah. And then to have another one right by his bed. That's gross. That is yeah. really gross. Was he like, did he try to defend himself? Like, was I think he... he was like apologizing and I was just in like the mode of like, okay, like, I can't run out of this guy's apartment, but, like, we're going to get going soon. Like, in my mind, I was like, I'm not staying here long. And then I think I, like, sat on his bed and I, like, lifted up the covers before I sat. I was like, if a cockroach crawls on me, I swear to God. Um, thankfully, that did not happen. 
And then, so the funniest thing is that um, a few weeks later, he texted me. Like, he had mentioned, like, hang out again. And I was like, yeah, that was not going to happen. But then a few weeks later, he was about to move. So I guess he moved into a new apartment and texted me, like, about hanging out again. And was like, oh, like, I'm in, I'm in better accommodations now. <laughs> Which was like, oh, you know that that was a really bad first impression. Oh. Okay, was it just bad because of the cockroaches? Or, like, no. you just weren't feeling it? He was just, like, weird vibes once we got to his apartment. I feel like sometimes what I've learned is, like, sometimes you're at, like, the first location you go to, like, restaurant, whatever, and, like, they seem, they seem, like, a, I don't know, like, they give, give off a good vibe, whatever. But then, like, in another context, like, you leave the restaurant, you're in, like, different lighting or something like that, and it just is, like, oh, no. Like, you really have to have that, like, second look at them before, before really knowing who they are, because sometimes it just changes more than you would think. I feel like it does it like changes the dynamic because it's not like a neutral zone like a restaurant or a bar it's like oh you're in their apartment and there's like expectations or whatever yeah also i would never meet a guy at their apartment oh no like not for the first time and also there are some guys i talked to and then and once i said like i can't meet you at your apartment like i like set that boundary and they would like unmatch with me one guy did that and i was like okay good like i did not want to i would not want to see you anyway if you don't understand that as a girl i not going to your apartment yeah. to meet you off of a dating app okay so how would you compare the dating scene here in chapel hill it's like new york are the guys like different what's is, like what's the vibes well i think like <laughs> here because I, I had used them um before i went to new york when i was in chapel hill so i like was already familiar with them mm-hmm. but i think like it's definitely easier to think it's safer here probably because you have like mutual and in some ways it probably is safer because like you have mutual friends with people you know, you could, like, look up their Instagram and see that they have the same followers or something. But then New York, it's, like, you probably, like, have no connections with this person. So, like, there's definitely, like, you should be way more aware. Act a little more safe, safer about it. But, yeah, that doesn't actually, like, necessarily mean that they're, like, not yeah. as good guys because you don't know them. Um, but just something to consider when you're in a big city and you really, like, couldn't, like, have anything in common with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we talked about, like, different dating apps. Do you use Hinge here? Oh, yeah, okay. here. Okay, they're all paused right now. We're on a little break. Okay, but not because I'm in a relationship, just because I'm done with them for a little bit. Yeah, I think I I like Hinge because I'm tall and I like to see how tall the guys say they are. I remember. I don't know if you made your tender like when you came into college or what. But it was like I freshman year in high school. Did you talk to people on it? Well, I basically just made it for fun in high school. Yeah, all my friends and I were just joking around and making it, but I wouldn't have, yeah, like I wouldn't have it? gone on a date from it in high school. Okay, I have a question for Kendall about the height thing. To bring it back to that, have you ever like met a guy in person and he definitely lied about his height, like he's been shorter than you or something like that? Um, or do you think that they usually see that you're tall and they're like, no, I can't lie my way? Maybe out of that, that one. is it. I don't know for sure, although. I do own a lot of platform shoes, so sometimes if they're, like, 5'11", then it, like, my brain doesn't realize until I see them that it's, like, oh, we're, we're like, the same height now. Do you <laughs> put your height? Like, I know you said you liked seeing guys' height. Do you put your height on your Oh, yeah. Range? Okay. Yeah. Then, then maybe they're not lying there. as much. Yeah, mm. true. Wait, how tall are you? I'm 5'10". Okay. I will say there were so many tall guys in New York. Probably just because there's more options so that I could actually be matching with the tall guys, but... Mm-hmm. I always feel quite bad for shorter guys because I'm sure that's like really hard in the dating scene because mm-hmm. girls typically like taller guys. But yeah, but also like you're finding the right 
person for you like you're not the height doesn't not. matter yeah. like if I met someone who like checked every single box and they're a little shorter than me like yeah. that's okay a lot of the guys in my family are tall like my dad's 6'4 I don't think of him as that tall he's tall <laughs> when I met him I was like he is so tall <laughs> I don't know I, I think I think of dads as being tall <laughs> maybe just because my dad's tall do you have any other interesting dating stories from New York I went on a date with an Australian that was Ooh. fun got ice cream i feel like a lot of the like because i knew i I wasn't gonna be in europe for that long Mm -hmm. it was just like oh i'm just gonna like hang out with someone even if it's like a lot of them were like one time like just first dates and it was just like still fun Mm -hmm. um even if it like didn't even lead anywhere so like that was fun i think we were with the australian we were in the west village which is like really pretty we were on like the pier area um like looking out at the water and stuff like that it was really fun what would you say is the best date you went on in new york Oh, like that I did experience or like... You could say both, like what you experienced or what would be like your dream date. Mm-hmm. For dream date, like, I mean, I appreciate if they take me out to dinner stuff, something like that, but that's not exactly like what I need. Like, even if it's just something like cute and thoughtful, like a coffee shop and like walking around, like something like that. I think those are like fun dates. I, don't, I didn't go on one like that. Best date I went on, I don't know. It was just like fun little adventures with all of them there's probably a lot to do in new york like a lot of different things to do yeah so i feel like you could definitely have a lot of different types of dates. yeah and you're like trying new places and Mm -hmm. so like just being there for the summer like there were so many places i wanted to try in neighborhoods so it's like a good way to get to do that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i remember when hannah and i visited we walked over the brooklyn bridge and then got dinner in brooklyn and then took the ferry back over and we were talking about how that would be like a really cute first date for someone that'd be did you ever do that for a date no well i guess we came kind of towards the end of the summer I didn't, but that would be fun. It was cute. Coming into college, like, how did you know that you wanted to join a sorority? And, like, did you rush your freshman year, your sophomore year? And then, like, what did that process look like? Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew I wanted to join a sorority at UNC just because growing up I had a lot of family friends, like, older um, girls that were in sororities at their colleges. So that always just looked attractive to me. And I knew I wanted that community of people that you could just easily meet and, like, have plans with easily – Um, especially coming to a big school like UNC and being out of state where I didn't know a lot of people. That just seemed like a good way to meet people. Um, And so I rushed my freshman year. And for that rush was during, um, like after a few weeks that you'd already been taking classes and stuff like that. It was over Labor Day weekend. And so that was like, (laughs) went so poorly for me. I feel like I just, like your freshman, you, even though I had had my sweet mates who were my friends, like you just like are putting so much, Um, kind of expectation on that like you're going to join this and have all these friends immediately or whatever so then when it didn't work out for me it was just like oh no like how am I going to meet people like do social things um, that kind of thing and I think also I thought the process would be like a little more fair than it turned out to be and so like um, preparing for a rush you have to like get recommendations from like people who had um, like alumni of different sororities at other schools like they have to like Um, It's not as intense as, like, some of the southern schools, like, more southern schools like Alabama or ones like that, but, like, you still have to, like, do work for it, and I thought that doing that would, like, help me, and then it, like, really didn't have any impact whatsoever, Um, so I think I just, like, thought it would have worked out a little better than it did, but then thankfully, like, even though I didn't, I didn't end up being in a sorority freshman year, like, I was still able to make friends and whatever, it just, like, I don't know, as a freshman, like, it's a lot to have something like not work out for you that you think is going to be there for you and then sophomore year I decided to re-rush 
because like I knew that I still wanted that community and like even the freshman year experience was like very painful I was like if I want to you know like get to that outcome I have to go through this again like why not kind of give it one last shot and so yeah I decided to re-rush as a sophomore and then that worked out a lot better like I like the sorority um that I'm still in Pi Phi and also there's a lot of other sophomores who were rushing that were in my pledge class glad that I like went through it again it wasn't as bad as freshman year because I knew if it didn't work out that I would still be okay mm-hmm. so what does like because I obviously mm-hmm. I didn't go through rush so what does the process of rush look like like kind of day-to-day at UNC and then also going into it like did you have any idea of like a specific sorority that you wanted to be in and then are you able to like spend more time with the girls in that sorority like what does that look like Mm -hmm. so um it was over the course of labor day weekend i think it was like started on thursday thursday and friday were both round one and so that is when you go to all the sororities you have like the quickest kind of like most shallow conversations with all the girls um at each sorority and it's like probably like yeah the day those that round one is when you're at the houses for like the shortest amount of time and then like as you go on in the rounds um the houses you're going back to get smaller and then you're spending more time at the house and so i think after each round is when you make your cuts of which you just rank the sororities like based on which ones you clicked with most and then for the next round then they they, like give you back your list of houses that you will be going back to and like it's a whole like mutual selection thing that like oh like the ones if they like you um and you like them then like you'll go back there or like something like that but like I guess, I don't know, I, I feel like because I was out of state, like, I didn't know girls that were currently in the sorority, and I feel like that is what, like, didn't work out for me, because I, I don't, I don't know what other people's experiences are, but, like, I feel like that is what seemed to matter most at UNC, like, from what I've gathered, um, like, it's not, like, like, some schools, I think it used to matter more, like, if you're a legacy or something, and, like, that will get you back to, like, another round, um, but, yeah, I just, like, didn't know the current girls in the, in any of the sororities, and I didn't really have, like, an idea of, which one I thought um, I would want to join or anything. Like, I was pretty open-minded. But then, yeah, basically, if, like, if they don't, if enough of the sororities don't want you back, then that is when, like, you don't really get a choice. You, like, have to go back to the ones that are taking you. And so that's why it's, like, is it really mutual if, like, they're not wanting you back? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of, like, my, yeah, difficulty yeah. with it. I can kind of give my two cents on that, too, because obviously I went through, like, how me and Kendall remet, I guess was during rush freshman year and I kind of had a similar experience where I was out of state also and I didn't know anybody who was in any of the sororities except for like one girl I knew who was in Kappa but she had just she had gone to my high school so that's how I knew her but I also didn't I don't know if you had any idea of like which sororities were like top tier or you know like kind of what the rank was um because I think it differs depending on like each school and most of the girls I knew were in sororities at like UGA or Georgia Tech and so I would definitely agree that going in I kind of had no idea what to expect I don't know I didn't get any recommendation letters because I literally signed up the day before it closed I think and I was just like I don't really care that much I don't really care enough to do it because I kind of just did it on a whim type of thing but did you have any idea of like I don't know kind of like the stereotypes of each sorority going into it no not really I feel like yeah just being out of state like because I didn't know people in the stories, I didn't have any stereotypes in mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, I agree. I think I remember <laughs> after like the first day or the first few days, I, well, obviously I heard girls in my rush group like talking about the different sororities and like which ones they wanted. 
and like which ones were better or whatever. And I remember I looked on Greek rank, which I know is really bad because I'm sure it's not legit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that like houses will like rank other houses poorly or like girls and will rank their own house well. And so I don't think it's really that um, indicative of like what is true. But um, I remember I looked at that and I don't know, it was just crazy. To, yeah. I don't know. It was like a whole world I didn't know anything about. Yeah, okay, and then talking about, like, the emotional aspect of Rush, I think, like, um, freshman year when I was going through it, and it's, like, I think it was one of the, like, yeah, one of the later rounds, like, maybe, like, the second to last round or something like that, and, like, yeah, I, like, got my list back. It was, like, the two that I just didn't really see myself fitting in, and, like, I was bawling. I think I was, like, um, you, like, meet with your groups, like, somewhere on campus, so I think we were, like, right by the quad or something, and I was, like, on the phone with my mom like it just felt like oh like what am I gonna do now like that this isn't working out for me like how am I gonna meet people so I think that just like it's a lot of pressure to put on freshmen girls Mm -hmm. who like don't know like what their college experience is gonna look like and like don't have good friends yet because it's so early on and it just is kind of like messed up but I think like other schools they rush in the spring Mm -hmm. so like that's kind of better because then you at least like know you have people but like to do it so early on it just is like a lot Mm -hmm. I know Duke does that you like aren't allowed to rush in the fall you have to start in the spring which I feel like that probably makes such a difference and then you probably get a chance to just like meet more people and like become more acclimated to what college is like um before exactly yeah you're right that seemed I my like sophomore year roommate she like had gone through a rush her freshman year and then she she cared a lot about, from what I remember, though, like, the rankings. Like, she had very specific sororities in mind that she wanted to be in. And then, so I remember she ended up, like, dropping Rush her freshman year because I think she, I guess, got through the first round or second round or whatever and got her list back and it wasn't the ones that she wanted. And so she decided to do it again our sophomore year when we were living together. And I remember it was, like, an, the exact same thing happened again. And I just remember her being so upset and, like, so destroyed by it and watching her spend so much time putting effort into like what she was wearing and like she would talk about the conversations that she would have and I just remember thinking like that was the original reason I didn't rush is because I just I felt like it just seemed like a lot of pressure and like really trying to impress people where I'm like where it was kind of like why are these girls in a position to be judging me and admitting me based off of how well I can make small talk with them in a certain amount of time And obviously that's going to have a certain amount of impact on like your self-esteem if you're talking to so many people and you're feeling like, you know, the amount that you care about them is not being reciprocated back based on how you look or, you know, the types of things you talk about or the way you portray yourself. And I think that seems like why Sorority Rush seems like, I mean, obviously, like I said, I can't speak on this personally, but from the outside, that seems like a very like personal like process because you're just showing them like who you are. It's not based on anything other than that. So then I think when it's not reciprocated back, it probably feels like they don't like you or like it's reflecting something about like who you are. Yeah. Which is why it seems particularly hard and painful. Yeah. (laughs) And it just, it's such an exhausting process that entire weekend. So like you're already drained and then Mm -hmm. to like be dealing with bad news. And also like a lot of my sweet mates at the time are rushing too. So you're like comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. And, and then I was like, oh no, if like, the friends that I now have are going to join their sororities and like I'm not going to be able to like be hanging out with them maybe like they're not going to be available to me who am I going to hang out with so yeah I was going to ask um like looking back on your experience going through Rush 
how do you see it now being on the other side of being, you know, one of the girls going through talking to the rushies and like making those decisions? Yeah. So I haven't had like that much experience on the other side, I think. Cause like um, my junior year was during COVID. So it was all virtual, mm-hmm. which is like very different. And then this past year I was still doing my internship and they did, they changed it. So rushes before school, um, before school even started this past year, which I feel like that's even worse because it's like then you don't meet anyone and like you have to you probably have to like move in early to rush so it's like even the stakes are even higher so I don't know about that but yeah so then I was still in New York while during rush so I didn't was like not at all so you haven't really been in the like recruitment I mean like I have but like it wasn't like the recruitment I went through Mm -hmm. because when I did it it wasn't in person gotcha And, like, you're also, it's, like, you're standing outside. It's, like, either raining or it's, like, it's in August in North Carolina. So you're, like, dripping sweat. Like, it is just a whole – you're running from, like, house to house to, like, make it on time. And then you're lining up. Like, it's a whole Mm -hmm. crazy process. I remember our freshman year, it was so hot. And I was dripping sweat so Mm -hmm. bad. And there were some girls who um, had to go – they had, like, rounds back-to-back in Kappa, which is, like, far west end of campus. And then – Alpha Phi was in the what's like Horton, Will- Horton? Horton, Horace Williams Horace, house, yeah, something like that on like the way east and like past all the other sporty houses, and they would have their um what are they called like the brush counselors yeah the they would have them call them Ubers so they could get there within the like fifteen minutes or it was just crazy yeah but then yeah I feel like rushing as a sophomore that was better because I knew that even if it didn't work out like I was already friends with Jordan and Hannah and everyone. Um, so I knew I, like, had those people um, that I, like, still wanted to yeah. continue being friends with no matter what. But it's interesting to see the freshmen. Like, I feel like there's so much more into it, like, when you're joining as a freshman versus joining as a sophomore because, like, that's kind of becomes, like, your whole life if you wanted to become it. But then, like, for me, it's, like, I already knew I had other friends outside of it. And, like, the buy-in is kind of different when you're a little bit older. And it's, like, it's not as exciting almost, but it's, like, more like stable mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense. i think that makes total sense do you want to talk a little bit about just like how your overall experience has been in pi-fi and i don't know if you have but um when we talked about um apo we were talking through like kind of like what roles we've had in it um and so if you want to talk about any of that i've really enjoyed it i feel like everyone is just like so nice and welcoming and like that has just from the time i joined like made me feel so at home and i think the kind of like experience overall that defines that is like um, meals are a big thing. So like going into the kitchen, like, you know, they have a chef, the sorority has a chef for lunch and dinner. So it's like really, it's it's really good food too. Um, And so like being able to walk into the kitchen and like get your food and like really sit at any table. So I remember like sophomore year before I really knew anyone, like I could just sit down and then like have people like be very welcoming. And like, that was like kind of sums up everything that I feel like everyone's very welcoming yeah, I've met, like, really good girls. And it's just nice to, like, have that structure of the sorority, but I still have those friends within it. Thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun Thank you so much for having me. Our very first guest. I'm so honored. Exciting. So thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.